welcome to another episode of Men in Your Life Unapologetically Human. I am Dan. I'm Brady. What's going on, big guy? Oh, God. Um, it's been a week. I wish, I, you know, in the past, I, my basic response is always, you know, same shit, different week. Oh, this was not same shit, different week. <laughs> this was a week for you, right? Like a hell of a week. It was a hell of a week. It really was. Um, how about you? How are you doing? Good, man. I'm glad that it's finally over. Uh, like you, we were dealing with the heat this this week, but I, I don't think it topped 100. Well, maybe it did, but I know you guys had like record-breaking heat for being in Washington State. Yeah, from what I understand, it hadn't gotten that hot in 60 years. We went through, I want to say it was 107. Um, I say I want to say because I stopped looking at the weather app because it was just depressing. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, it got up to about 107 here at the house. And uh, for those of you that don't know, wa- Western Washington. Now, Eastern Washington is pretty much a desert. Um, it is. Uh, and they're used to, you know, 90 degree, 100 degree weather. Um, Western Washington is not. Um, and we are not used to that kind of thing. So there really isn't much of a thing with central AC in apartment complexes. So um, we have no AC. And we actually, we only had one fan. It was a box fan. Um, luckily, my neighbor actually went out and got an AC unit. I don't know how he found it. I, I think he stabbed somebody for it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but he uh, he offered to give us, uh, let us use this his fan through the heat wave. And um, at some point, it just, I mean, and, and I went to work um, on the day that it was over 100 degrees on, on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know... Driving home and even being in, at home uh, with the fans going, it almost feels like you're sitting under a hairdryer. Um, <laughs> having having uh, lived in southern Arizona and you know all over Texas, um, I don't miss it. <laughs> so it was hell. Yeah. Um, I, I I put a a meme up that I saw on uh, Facebook that I it was probably the funniest thing I think. I had seen in reference to the heat wave here. And that was for those of you that are tracking solar anomalies, the sun just drug its balls across. (laughs) um, uh, And that was a, uh, that was an apt description because it was humid. It was hot. It was um, miserable. Um, Thank God that uh, I have two cats, Tater and Pickle. Um, Pickle is still a kitten. She's not quite a year old and she was having a rough time. Uh, Tater, the black cat, she was, she was, um, she was just liquid cat all, all weekend. Um, <laughs> so, but, but Lebowski, Lebowski was living in his element though, wasn't he? He was probably loving it. Lebowski was amazing. Lebowski, for those of you, this, if this is your first time listening, um, Lebowski is my bearded dragon. I've, I've always wanted a bearded dragon since I was a kid and I, I felt kind of fell into this one. He was malnourished and stuff like that. Now he's, you know, perched up on his, on his rock judgy. So <laughs> he's doing just fine, but yeah, he loved it. He was, he was enjoying it. We actually ended up turning his heat lamp off for more than one reason. First of all, he didn't need it. And second yep. of all, we didn't need it. So, yep. <laughs> but yeah, other than, I mean, so the weather sucked at the beginning of the week and then, uh, work sucked. Well, I shouldn't say it sucked. It just got to be hell yeah. for the rest of the week. We're, we're taking on another contract. This will be, um, for this, for our same client. Um, for those of you that don't know, I, I work in the, uh, ITAD 
field, which is uh, information technology asset disposition. We recycle tech. So, um, and you know, Seattle being kind of a tech tech center, um, we we have but we have one client, and we've taken this will be the fourth I want to say uh, contract that another company has had. Um, this will be the fourth one that we have taken and uh, run with, and we we got it. We knew it was coming, but then last Thursday we were told, okay, so Monday we're, you're going live, and we're like, um. What? what? Uh, <laughs> so, I was not prepared for a follow-up question. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, we, we, there's a ticketing system that they send in requests, and these requests that we're supposed to fulfill, they're like, you know, the tickets will start coming in Monday, and we were like, um, we still haven't had training. Uh, we, we, I mean, it was a, it's a pretty basic thing that we're doing, um. This company, you know, with new employees and and stuff like that, they they give out monitors. Well, we're installing them, which mm. not that big not that big of a deal. But we need to know what their parameters are. That's you know logistics. You know, that, that's what I do. Right, um, right. So we weren't even we weren't even able to get any training until Thursday. Yeah. So we had tickets starting coming in Monday. I think between Monday and Thursday, we had two hundred. 250 tickets come through so y'all were behind all week and dealing with the heat and then we come to find out wednesday all these tickets coming through are back order tickets so they oh, were all no <laughs> oh no no so, yeah. no so we we lubed up we bent over and uh we started to get it done <laughs> oh that's terrible that is awful but, dude that sucks. i mean it was just it was a hell week and we were, yeah everybody, everybody was happy to 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 be on friday <laughs> right and so are you got are y'all gonna be off on monday for the holiday we are. We are. okay we yeah i am too i am too then if anybody God. wants to know if anybody wants to know how hot it really was this week which i'm sure everybody's aware of how hot it is but how hot it was this week that angels pitcher dylan bundy stepped off the mound in the middle of an at bat and threw up his guts on the back of the mound that's how hot it was Wow. Okay. Granted, granted, they're playing in California. That's a little bit different than Virginia. But I mean, we touched like 100. And, you know, I'm like, I work outside every single day. So climbing like trucks and tanks and going up and down the stairs, it was not a good time. Um, I probably lost another uh, 10 of the 40 pounds that I need to lose just over the last four days, which is great for me. But I probably put it right back on with drinking and uh, <laughs> that kind of defeat the purpose. But yeah, I mean, other than that, dude, my week was great. And, you know, we're, you know, we're just moving along. We got uh, some family stuff this weekend for 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Almost forgot about that. Wow. Forgot about that. Uh, So we got that going on. And then a couple of weeks we're going on vacation and it's, it's a good July is a good month. I am excited for July, but you know, what I'm excited for, because you know what today is, right? Um, um, podcast day. Not only is it podcast day, but today is also today is also the first time that we will have a guest on our show today. How awesome is that? What is I mean? No, I'm kidding. I, I knew he was coming and I'm I'm looking forward to having him on. This is it's going to be awesome. Uh, this is uh, you're kind of our guinea pig for for get future guests. So have fun with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like we're to say, you know, um, this is going to be a really great episode, and 
you know, for those of you out there that follow our podcast, if you have any suggestions, anything like that, don't be surprised if you have any suggestions that, you know, we're really interested in. If we maybe ask you, hey, do you want to come share your story? Do you want to come have a chat with us? Because that's what this is about. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I want to thank the, the gentleman that's coming in as our first guest. Um, mm-hmm. You know, welcome to Thunderdome. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dan, uh, you, yeah. you want to bring him in? And, and to piggyback on Brady, if you do offer suggestions, be fully prepared for me to ask you if you would like to come on the show and talk about your suggestions. So there is consequence. No, I mean, it's not really a consequence. But if you are suggesting it, it means that you have something to talk about. And that's what we're, we want you to come on and talk to us about it. So with this one, um, this was actually a suggestion and he fell into that trap. So who's the sucker now? Um, but I'm really, really excited for this. This is a good buddy of mine. Um, there's an ongoing joke where now when I meet him, I say, I, I, nice to meet you. My name's Dan. What's your name? And in reality, I've actually known his name the whole time. Um, but this, this guy here, this, he's, he's a good dude. Um, him and his wife are, him and his wife are like salt of the earth. They're amazing. He's a new father. Um, he's a big, uh, he's a big person in the community when it comes to church he's a good dude to be around he's a good dude to know um my man over here who made this suggestion who decided to be our guinea pig just want to introduce everybody to mr chris jet hey guys yeah thanks for uh, having me on today i'm excited yeah welcome chris welcome um so uh i i would like to you know we as I'm sure you just heard, um, since you know we drug you along on the uh, on this introduction, we do, we do usually go through you know how our week was. You know, why don't you share with everybody how, how'd your week go, Chris? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so for those of you, most of y'all don't know, except for um, Dan, I have a two month old daughter. Um, my wife is currently working full time, and I'm a, I'm a teacher, so I'm off for the summer, which is nice. So I get to spend a lot of time with my daughter. Um, so my week is kind of like a roller coaster where, you know, she has good days. She has bad days, you know, but um, my week was pretty good. This She had a pretty decent week this past week. Now, yesterday was hell. But that's all right. She decides she didn't want to nap at all yesterday. So you spend you spend about 20 minutes, you know, putting her to sleep. And then she wakes up just like three minutes later crying for no reason. So, yeah, yesterday was a little bit of a mess. My wife comes home at five o'clock after work and I'm like, please just take her. Um, but no apart from that actually it's been kind of it's been really nice spending time with my daughter you know having the summer off i'm getting some house projects done that i haven't been able to uh do during the school year so that's been nice and um i don't know it kind of just all blends together at this point you know you wake up theater put her sleep repeat over and over again but uh no it's been a decent decent week and we got some uh fun stuff planned for the fourth gonna do some bonfire and uh yeah, there we go. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. So, um, let's hop right in. Uh, so, what was this? Uh, what What was this suggestion, Chris? What What did you suggest for for us to talk about today? Well, it's actually something, Brady, that you brought up that I heard on one of the podcasts. You talked about how, and it was a funny moment because I was listening to your podcast while I was actually putting my daughter to sleep. Um, you said that the most stressful um, thing in your life right now is you know take care of your kids and your family. And literally when you said in the podcast, I was in that moment where I was trying to put my daughter to sleep. And while I'm rocking her, she's literally just screaming her head off, just crying, like not going to sleep. And I like, literally, it just resonated with me. I was like, yes, that is absolutely right now. 
one of the biggest stresses in my life, you know, you all talk about mental health and I think it's really important for, you know, for fathers and, you know, mothers, parents to focus on their mental health, because if you are a parent, I feel like we all go through the same things, the same moments, the same struggles, even though every child is different. There are these things that we all go through. And yet there's so many things that just are almost are taboo to talk about. Um, it's not till you actually really like open up to someone that, you know, and they're like, yeah, you know, I went through that as well. You know, I, you know, I, I felt terrible. I felt like it's a failure as a parent, but you know, I, you people just kind of keep that covered up. Like you don't want anyone to know that you're failing, you're struggling. And when parenting is one of the most stressful things you can honestly do in your life where we should be open about this, you know? And not uh, only, yeah. And not only that is we, we were talking about this off, uh, offline in, in a group chat that one of the other parts, and I don't know about this. I just see it because I see it with social media. I see it when you, when you talk about friends, conversations, stuff like that is the people outside of your circle who may also be parents can be extremely judgmental and harsh, especially for somebody who has a two month old and they're trying to tell you how to, you know, how to parent, how to live your life, how to do everything. But you know what, that, that might not be, that might not work for you. That might not be something that you're interested in. You know, I've always subscribed to the idea of I'm going to instill the morals into my kids. Those are what, like what I believe. It's not going to be what other people believe. It's going to be what, you know, I believe. And then as they grow older, they are the ones who are going to mold into adults and make decisions for themselves. I can't tell them what to do. I can just lead them on the way. But, you know, we, there's parents out there who will judge you on every little freaking thing that you do. And I kind of sit here and I'm like, look, I don't have a kid, but who are you to judge this person on what they're doing while you're letting your kid climb on the racks at Walmart and throw toys on the floor. Like, and, you know, it, it's funny. It's funny you say this because just the other day, I'm part of a dad's group online. Nice. Um, it's called Dude Dads. It's on Facebook. Shout out. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, I mean, there's a lot of great advice, but there's a lot of like picky, you know, people on there. Where, you know, they they'll just poke at you and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Well, some, somebody posted something about you know. Um, about having a stepkid and the, the father, uh, the bio father wants to come back into the stepkid's life, yada, yada, yada. But I, I mean, I post, somebody replied to it with, you know, that's your stepkid. That's not your kid. Don't get confused. Don't get, don't get that, that, uh, all that Ooh. stuff. And I, me being, for those of you that don't know, I, my six-year-old, my son, and I call him my son because he's my son. He is technically my stepson. Um, but I love him. I, I, I try to treat him as though he is my own son. Um, I don't, I can say, I can tell you that I fail just like anybody else. Um, just like I fail with my biological daughter. Um, but I, I, I kind of took a little offense to that. I did because, you know, my stepson, he's my son. I call him my son. I don't look at him and say, you're my stepson. I look at him and tell, say, he's, you're my son. Now, keep in mind, his father is still, is very much a part of his life. And his father and I are friends. I mean, we just went golfing a couple of weeks ago. I mean, there's, and that's a great thing. And I kind of, I kind of went off a little bit about this. And, and I told him, I was like, who do you think you are to tell me how, how to treat my son, my son, not my stepson. I don't need a quantifier. I don't need to tell him you're different than my daughter. You're my stepson. That's not that it will never be a question in my, in my house. Well, why did you call her your daughter and me, your stepson? Am I different? That will never be a question in my mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, 
I kind of took offense to this, and that kind of kind of follows into what you're saying. There are people out there that, number one, think they know better than you. And I am here to tell you, I don't care if you're a brand new father, Chris. I don't care if you have, you know, a, a, a 30-year-old kid that you raised from day one and you were a stay-at-home. I don't care. You're doing a good job. You raise your kid the way you want to raise your kid. There's nobody on this planet that knows how to raise your child better than you. Except mm-hmm. for maybe your mom. Just ask mine. But no, <laughs> I'm kidding. My mom never judges me about anything. But the but the whole thing is, is you know, it's it's one of those things that don't forget those people around you, those people with children that are around you. And just because like my kids are six and two and a half, that doesn't mean I know how to raise your child, Chris. That doesn't mean I'm going to know how to raise your child, Dan. I I mean, everybody's good. Yes, you're right. Everybody goes through the same things, but it's how we handle them. It's very different. I mean, judging you, you got to include, you know, there's that age old question of nature and nurture. Um, but you know, I raise my my children differently than Chris does, and you know there's nothing wrong with that. So I, I'm I'm telling you, those of you out there, and look look at look at yourself. If you're judging people, stop. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you the the parent and like step parent thing. There, there it, that in itself is such a huge. That, that's like a whole outside conversation. That, that's like its own element in itself, right? Just the yeah. set parent, the parent co-parenting, non-co-parenting, you know, a, a, the bio parent not being in a kid's life, the step parent stepping up being in that kid's life. Or if at the, if you're not actually married, the at that point, the boyfriend or, or girlfriend or whoever, you know, steps up to take on to that role, you know, that that in in the beginning is a conscious decision that you have to make of whether is that something that you actually want to do a and b finding that fine line between parent and step parent especially like you said uh, your son's father is still very much in the in the picture and he's very much still involved with his life so it's like we're, that fine line between step parent and parent and i'm sure early on that was probably pretty stressful for you was it not it was it was, it was, you know, you, you, you try to do your best and, you know, those of the, uh, just since you just brought it up, you know, those of you that start dating somebody, I mean, I don't care if you're male or female, if you start dating somebody with a child, you better be prepared. Right. If Cause you're not, is, you're not, not dating. Want, get out. Right. It's Cause not, it's not, you're not just not dating them. Kid. Yeah. It's not, and, and it's not fair to their parent and it's not fair to you. Right. Right, because you're not just dating them. You're also uh, taking that conscious decision that you're also involving that person's child into your life. So that also means whatever you're doing in your own personal life, whether you think it's not a big deal or not, it is a big deal, especially if that parent is allowing you into their life to be around their kid. It's a big freaking deal, whether you think it is or not. So like you said, if it's not something that you want, then get out. Like, don't even involve yourself with it. Right, I mean – we, we well, I was gonna say, of, yeah, when you have a kid, the, your life changes. I mean, of course, but your life now revolves around that child. Everything you do is you have to factor in your child. Like you know, you, you're what you're. You you're yeah, I mean, think about food, vacationing, literally even going for a walk or walking around like the neighborhood. Like every aspect. Like you have the bag. Do you have the car seat? Do you have their stroller? You know, do you have extra diapers? Everything revolves around that, and then now your focus becomes 
even their future. Like someday, my, my daughter's only two months old, but at some point I mean, she's, you know, going to be in high school. She's going to be driving someday. You know, I want to set her up for success. So it's kind of like what you all are saying. Like if you're going to be dating someone as a child, just know that that's their focus. Their focus is their child. And if you're coming into their life, you're joining that circle. So you also need to think about that child first and mm-hmm. foremost. And and also on the other side, those of you that, that are with a child that are dating somebody that's never had a child before, understand, in my humble opinion, do not introduce that child to that person. Now, this is just my opinion. I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I would not introduce my child to somebody until I felt like they were going to be in my life for the long haul. That's mm-hmm. also not fair. That's also Mm -hmm. not fair to the child. That's not fair to the person you're dating. That's not fair to you because if something, if you're, you know, three days into a relationship and you have a child, you're like, oh, this is my son. This is my daughter. And they form that bond. And then six months later, you're like, "Eh, it's not working out that, that will, that will destroy somebody. I know this for a fact. I've been in that position. I was in a relationship with a, with a woman, with a, with a, uh, a preteen. Um, right before I got into this relationship with my wonderful fiance, right before I actually had my, my beautiful daughter, um, I was in a relationship and, you know, I was with them for two and a half years, lived with them. And when that ended that, I, I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't miss the relationship with the the person I was dating. I miss her daughter. Mm -hmm. I miss her with uh, almost every day. And she's almost, she'll be seven she's she's 17 and a half now mm. and you know it, a day doesn't really go by that I'm, i don't hope that you know after she turns 18 she reaches out to me because i was the first first person in her life she ever called dad mm. um and that that hurts when that gets torn apart so th- it works both ways everybody right because it's not it's also it's not just a toll on on you guys as the adult it's also a toll on the kid because if they form that bond with you and then all of a sudden it gets ripped out from their life how much emotional damage did you just do to that kid right because they they don't understand it you know they they didn't choose to for you to date that person right you're the one who made that decision and then you know they're having to you know suffer the consequences right right so chris let me ask I, I gotta ask, what what grade do you teach? Actually, I teach first grade, so I love it. You you have a pretty unique perspective on a lot of this, then, because you see a lot of these the in 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 the early formative years, you see a lot of the toll this takes on kids. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially you know working in the the school systems, you do see. I mean, there's a whole a lot of different families. I have children, you know, with two moms, two dads, you know, split families you know, just families with parents that vote together, you know, I mean, I, I've seen it all and I, I do see how it affects children. So Chris, let me ask you this then. So dealing with that as a teacher and knowing that some of these kids have, you know, two moms, two dads or split family, something like that. Do you ever, do you ever get to hear about the backlash in a classroom? Do you ever hear about like another parent complaining about that? Do you, do you like have a kid that may talk about something at the house and you just try to like piece together what might be going wrong if something is going wrong? Like, do you ever do you ever get any of that as a teacher? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll get emails from parents like literally saying like, hey, by the way, you know, their father so and so and they will just like just honestly ream their significant other or their ex over the coals and you'll hear things like children especially in like first grade they don't truly I mean they don't completely understand what's going on so 
they'll just say something like, you know, my parents are, you know, fighting last night. They'll say so like nonchalantly or things like that. And, you know, it's heartbreaking, but also being a teacher, you know, we have to report if anything, you know, is off color a little bit. So we kind of, oh. you know, you kind of do have to keep your ears and, you know, your, your eyes out just to see if there right. is anything affecting the child in a negative way. I mean, obviously, so, you know, so. everyone has their problems, but if it starts to, you know, go into a, an abusive direction, you've got to report that. So, yeah. So as being a teacher and also a parent, when you see that or you hear about stuff like that, is that something that you can leave at work emotionally? Does that follow you home? Like, how do you deal with that as a parent? How do you and your wife deal with that together? Like, that's, that can't be easy. No, I mean, I mean, with obviously any job, there's baggage. Um, of course, working with children, there's definitely that other aspect where, you know, they're so innocent. So it, it's, it is heartbreaking, but at the same time, you know, that's why I love being a teacher because I, you know, I want to be there for them, you know, I like as much as I possibly can during the, the school year. Um, and then also when I come home, it just kind of reminds me that, you know, I am grateful for my wife and it, you know, it makes me want to be a better person, a father to my daughter, you know, just seeing how it can affect children and their future. I mean, those are, just in first grade to be who knows how to affect them, you know, when they're in high school and then they start to truly understand what's going on. And, you know, it, it does. Um, so it, it, yeah, it does affect me as a parent and it makes me want to be a better version of myself. So do you struggle at all with bringing that baggage home? I, I do a little bit. Um, obviously, I mean, there's sometimes there are some heavier things than, than other. Um, but I mean, my wife is a great support, you know, you know, She's always there for me. Obviously, mm -hmm. I don't I can't give personal details of my students, but, you know, I'll right, just like right. explain like, hey, by the way, like this happened, you know, at school and it, it just it sucks. And then we'll sit there and we'll talk about it. And, you know, obviously, sometimes it takes longer than other times to to get over it. But um, and of course, you know, being a, a teacher, you'll see, it. you know, some days you'll have good days. Some days you'll have bad days. And like, you know, sometimes you'll your student will be acting out and you're just can't figure out why. I mean, no kid is just a bad kid, you know? Right. Um, so you're trying to figure out, you know, what's causing the behaviors behind, you know, behind their actions. And then you'll just be like, you know, they're just maybe not getting enough attention at home, or maybe they're just dealing with something that they don't truly know what's going on. So yeah, I mean, it is rough. Sometimes you have rough days and it's tough. And even with my own child, it's tough to separate the behavior from the actual child like you you know you at first you you want to like be upset with them but then you realize it's it's not their fault they're just a kid like they're just reacting in a way that they don't know how to deal with their emotions like my own child she's two months right so there's there's no there's no like trick behind her behavior she's crying she's either hungry you know she's sleepy or she's like you know uncomfortable or she's not feeling well so like that when she's crying, you know, it's not like her fault. She's not just trying to make my day miserable. She's not doing it like, you know, to try to get my attention. She just wants something. But sometimes it's a struggle, man. I mean, gosh, all day yesterday, she just was crying nonstop. I was like, why? What What do you want from me? And then, you know, <laughs> you just got to do a process of elimination, figure it out. And it gets so stressful. But I mean, that's part of the game. You know, and you, you have to separate that. You can't get upset. You're, you know, obviously you will get upset. But you got to check yourself, you know. 
I feel like that's my uh, that's my daily day to day life with my wife. Sometimes it's that exact same conversation. <laughs> Process of elimination. No, I'm just kidding. Love you if you're listening. <laughs> so Brady, Brady, you with you having older kids. Real quick. Okay. So obviously you've been a teacher longer than you longer than you've been a parent. Um, have you noticed any changes in in how you deal with things uh, now that you've become a parent yourself? Have you noticed any changes in in your your stress level or patience level or anything like that? I think you got. Yeah, that's a, actually that's a that's a great question. Um, as far as because you know I'm used to teaching like phonics and you know you know math. So as far as like teaching my daughter anything, I you know I'll read her books, but obviously I know she's not really tracking. So um, that aspect academic wise, no. But as far as patient goes, I feel like I do have more patience because I'm used to dealing with behaviors um, on a regular basis. I'm also off for the summer, so I'm not having, there's a little bit layover, like a little gap of like three weeks where I had to, you know, teach and then come home. Um, and that was rough too, because my daughter, she, um, her, her, <laughs> we call her witching hour. So like her worst moments are actually the evening. So I'd come off work. My, you know, wife was still on um, maternity leave. So she'd spent all day with her and then I would come home. And then that was when she just constantly wanted to feed, you know, she didn't want to sleep. And then she just, you know, it was very stressful doing a full-time job and then coming home, you know, to my daughter, which it sounds like I'm ragging on, you know, my parenting life. It, my daughter is the biggest joy of my life. You know, mm. it's just it's something you can't even explain until you're a parent, but it is stressful. You know, you don't, you don't get to come home and then just turn on Netflix and chat with like your spouse. If you have one, you know, you don't get just like, Oh, I want to go out to, um, a bar tonight or I want to go, you know, let's go on vacation somewhere. You every, like I said, everything involves like revolves around your child because, you know, you can't just do these things now. I mean, you can do things. It's not like life is impossible, but you just have to think about your child first. So in that aspect, my life was very stressful at first and my patience was very small, but now that I'm off for the summer, I feel like I've kind of gotten to routine. I've gotten to bond my daughter a little bit more. I've gotten to, you know, de-stress from work. And so that has helped me and I've kind of figured out some, some tools to help me de-stress as well. So that's helped me. And those are actually tools I use in the classroom too. So in a way, yes, being a teacher has helped me be a parent. Um, and there's a lot of crossover and just stress as well. And what stresses me out? I feel, I feel like the older that we get is that you realize the things that you generally like genuinely love the most are also the things that cause you the most stress. And I don't know if you can have one with, without the other, right? Because, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But, you know, like you said, your, uh, your daughter's only two months. Brady, your kids are a little bit older, not too much older. But you got to – I'm sure you maybe feel the same way. Like, you love them more than anything, but they also cause you the most stress, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, at least, at least for me, you know, going from – you know, seeing my daughter grow from, I mean, just, just being born, I was there. Uh, I cut the cord, you know, I did the traditional things. Um, and, um, going from that to she's two and a half now, a little, over, little over two and a half now. Um, I mean, it's, she, she's becoming a person, but that also, but that also means she's becoming more and more aware of the world around her. And that, in and of itself is Stressful. just intense amount of stress because terrifying 
want you don't want to shelter them, but you want to protect them. Right. And there's, you know, it, it's it, it's a fine fine line. I mean, I noticed my daughter this morning um, out on we we live on the third story of an apartment building, and she's outside on our on our patio on our deck, and she's she's looking down. Oh no, this was last night. Sorry, it all runs together. Um, <laughs> uh, she's looking down, and there's a bunch of kids playing on on the ground. And she's yelling hi, and I mean these kids aren't responding whether they heard her or not. I don't. I mean it's neither here nor there. But you know she's saying hi, and I heard her say probably three or four times, "Hi, what are you doing? Hi, what are you doing?" And it made me realize she she doesn't have a whole lot of friends. Like it it might be time to start start taking her out with with you know with my friends, which there are few friends my age at forty years old that have small children. Most of their children are grown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's, it's like, she's letting me know she wants friends. She wants, and that's stressful enough. That's <laughs> it's, I mean, you almost want to do a background check on everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> I get it. So but, I got, I got a, I got a two part question for you. Okay. One, I'm going to start with you, Brady, and then I'm going to go to Chris. All right. With you, both of them is a two parter. Okay. So now that your kids are a little bit older, what was your biggest fear at first? And then is it the same fear now, or do you have a new fear? Well, I, I think, and I, and I can't speak for, for all fathers out there, but I think one of the most common and one of the biggest fears that any father has in the beginning is, am I going to be a good father? Mm-hmm. Terrifying because you don't know, you've never been in this situation before. And, you know, you, you, a lot of it has to you know, your past, sure. Um, but I, I grew up in a great home. I did. I, I was blessed to have, you know, two sets of parents, my stepmother and my, and my dad and my stepdad and my mom, all of them treated me like I was their own. So I was, I'm definitely in, in, I, I was definitely blessed in that aspect. But regardless of how much positive uh, reinforcement, positive experiences I had as a child, first first thing that entered my mind: am, am I gonna am I gonna be a good father? And as far as that part goes, no, that hasn't changed. That's a mm-hmm. daily. That, I mean, I'm not ashamed to say I will. I will get home after you know because I don't know why, but every now and then I watch the news and it's a terrible thing. Um, but, you know, I hear about things and I see things and I, Chris, you may, you may have a little bit better insight to this because you've been a teacher. You've been around children longer than me. Um, I hear about these things and it's terrifying and I'll get home and I'll have to recenter myself. And I don't even work around kids like you do, Chris. I, I have to recenter myself. I, there's been more than once since, you know since since i i had my daughter that you know i'll sit there and i'll have a good you know two three minute cry before i go into my house because it's just like it's terrifying am i being a good father am i treating and also there's another aspect of my stepson um my my son is you know we have our issues um but you know i I want to be a good father to both of them and i want to be the same father to both of them and it's that's that I think is my biggest fear. Um, but I think that's that. I mean, I, I almost feel like if you're doing it right, that's a universal fear. 
Um, as far as my, my biggest fear with, with outside of that, um, I think it changes daily. It does. It's, you know, not only am I going to be a good father, but am, am I showing them, you know, how to be good? Am Mm -hmm. I teaching them enough? Am I reading to them? Am I playing with them enough? I mean, it changes on a daily basis. What about you, Chris? Same question. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously I would say the same thing. I mean, even when my wife announced that she was pregnant I was like, I gotta get my act together. You know, I've, I've got a lot of rough edges, you know, I gotta figure out and, you know, get my, my mental state ready so I can take care of a child because I barely take care of myself. Um, but also at this point in my life, my biggest fear is survival. Um, I gotta make sure my daughter survives because, you know, she's two months old. She can't communicate. You know, when she cries, I don't know, like, does she have a fever? You know, you got to check that. You know, is she like every time she coughs, I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you going to die? Like, it's just like babies are definitely a lot more um, durable than people think. Obviously, that doesn't mean treat them as like, you know, they're a toy you can drill around. But like, obviously, you know, they're more durable than you think they are. So like when she coughs, she's not going to explode, you know, Um, (laughs) know, just like but every time it happens, like your parental instincts just kick in. You're like, oh, my gosh. Um, another thing they don't tell you is like babies are really noisy sleepers, man. But like <laughs> for like the first two weeks, we were not getting any sleep because all the stink and noise she made constantly, the coos, the like the the chirps, like she sounds like a bird sometimes when she sleeps. She just chirps randomly and then she'll toss and turn and she'll go back to sleep. Like it just man, we lost so much sleep because of that. I was like, we've got to keep this thing alive. Like this is a human being that we're in charge of now. And you know, she can't tell us what's wrong. So it's, it's definitely for me survival. I mean, obviously I want to make sure that I'm a good father. I'm going to raise her the the correct way. Um, but at this point, she doesn't have a group of friends. She doesn't even know what a friend is. She can only process vision a foot in front of her, right? She can't even roll over yet, um, let alone, you know, drive a car or like, you know, think about her future career. So like that, that's, was that? She's not driving yet? <laughs> nah, not yet. Not yet. She'd probably be a better driver than me, but no, nah, not yet. Um, but no, like obviously that's in the back of my mind. Every decision we make, everything, you know, I think about like, oh my gosh, you know, one day this will affect her. Like, you know, we have to make sure our, our finances are in order or like, you know, um, retirement and things like that. Like thinking about that, I know that's going to be down the line, but right now we're just in survival mode. Just trying, to, just trying to keep her alive. Like she just got her first round of vaccines this past week. You know, like we're not against your heart. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I'll tell you what. I thought I was going in there. I was like, it's going to be fine. She'll get a shot. She's not going to like it, but it'll be fine. I tell you what. She's never been in pain before as far as like, you know, we know she's never had that certain cry. And you start to learn your baby's cries, right? When she's hungry or sleepy. Well, when they gave her that shot, the cry that came out of her mouth broke both of our hearts. I like to this day, I still remember like the exact sound. It was horrific. And of course, I'm not against vaccinations. I think, you know, they're a good thing, me personally. So I don't regret it, but it was horrific to hear her in pain because she's only, you know, two months old. She doesn't know pain either. She's never had a a shot and she doesn't know what's going on. So, man, that was rough. But I'm glad we got her the vaccines. You know, hopefully she'll be, you know, safe. And that's the decision we we decided to make as far as, you know, keeping her safe. So, Mm -hmm. again, my biggest fear is like or my biggest worry for her is keeping her alive that's my priority number one um, i mean so yeah I do, have, 
I, I got to share this when, when I was there. So my, I mean, from day one, she was pretty much a daddy's girl. She, and I, and that's what I wanted. I'm not even going to lie to you. I've, I, you know, <laughs> a lot of guys out there that are like, Oh, I want a son to pass on my name. I'm like, no, I want a baby girl. And I want her to be, you know, attached to daddy's hip. Well, I got what I wanted. Nice. Um, uh, the first time her first shots and she was a little behind, but, uh, she was a little older, but she, uh, the look, I don't know if, if this was the same for you, but she was still a baby, but the look she gave me, oh no. there, there, there was that little hesitation between her getting stuck and the cry and that, that, that second, second and a half space between the stick and the cry. When she looked at me, it was like, why did you just let them do this to me? Oh, and, no. I was just, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I started to cry. I started to tear up. I'm like, baby girl, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you something also. Um, now, and this isn't, this isn't something that's really well known is my, my daughter before she was, you know, or right after she was one, um, she actually had F surgery. She had to go into the hospital. Oh gosh. And, um, let me tell you something that that was the 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 hardest thing I've ever had to deal with in my I've never wanted to punch a doctor so hard in my life either but um she ended up with a, with an infection in her groin and um it was about uh, I can't remember I think it was uh 5 centimeters long 2 centimeters deep and a centimeter wide and um they ended up having to do surgery to clear it out. Now, when we took her to the ER, the ER, the first of all, the hospital that, that is, was around me that we went to the ER, uh, their pedi pediatric surgeon won't work on anybody under five, which kind of to me defeated the purpose, but okay. Um, and you know, we actually ended up going, they, they were trying to get a hold of a hospital and one hospital just said no. And another hospital, um, for, for those of you that aren't familiar with the Seattle area, we have uh, Seattle Children's, which is a phenomenal hospital. It really is. They do a lot of great cancer, ch child cancer research. They do a lot of great things for, for children. I personally know a couple of children that have gone through uh, Seattle Children's for various conditions, and, and um, they, they, were, they are an amazing hospital. But their operating rooms, uh, their vent, I, I want to say their ventilation uh, ended up growing some mold. So their operating rooms were, were shut down for, I want to say a couple of years, yeah, um, wow. or at least most of them. So, uh, we ended up going to, uh, a, a city called Tacoma over here. And, um, this is, this is about an hour, hour and 15 minutes away from where we live. Um, and the, this place I want to, I mean, I have no problem giving them a shout out. Mary bridge, Mary bridge, uh, pediatrics, amazing people. Um, they were, they just did an amazing job. But now for those of you that, are, that don't know a child that small, they give them ketamine um, when they operate on, on them when they're awake. And uh, basically it's, it's chemical decapitation. They can't feel anything. They don't, they won't even remember anything. And, um, and in the ER, the, and, and I got to give him props because the ER doctor stepped up. He's all, I'll do it. And we were like, do it just, I mean, to help, help our child. Right. And she got ketamine and I'm telling you, first of all, the look on her face after, you know, the ketamine kicked in, like she, she was in la la land. She had, she didn't know where she was. She didn't care that she didn't know where she was. Um, but that first time, but then he cut into her and I've never wanted to hit a doctor so bad in my life. 
because you know she you, you, they cut into her she's bleeding she doesn't feel it but i felt it <laughs> and for those of you out there that have never gone through that i pray to god you never have to go through that because that was the hardest four days of my life um it was we we spent i want to say we spent a total of five days in the hospital wow um I still have pictures and every now and then it's, uh, you know, it's, she just looked so helpless and that's the, and it goes right into what you were saying, Chris is um, you just want them to survive. You do. I mean, that's basically it. You're, you are focused on their survival. And I was terrified. It was, it was the scariest point. I've, I, I, I mean, I, I was literally, I was literally in tears every day calling my mom, calling my dad. I was terrified. I was scared. I was hurt. I didn't want to see her hurt anymore. Um, and of course she doesn't remember it, <laughs> but you do. But I, yeah, I do. You did hard. So Chris, do you have any questions for us? I mean, yeah. So I kind of have a question for Brady. So Brady, I mean, at this point, how do you take as a parent, how do you take care of yourself? Like what strategies do you use like to make sure that you're able to take care of your children? Like how do you take care of your own mental health so you can then in turn take care of your own children? What is, what is this take care of yourself that you speak of? Uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I still don't have an answer to that. You know, every Friday, um, Dan and, and, you know, some friends, we, we all get together. We play video games. That's, that's a way to decompress. Um, as far as like my family, I golf, I, I actually, after the, after the podcast, I'm going to walk up about a half a mile to the golf course right around here and I'm going to go shoot around hopefully. Um, but you know, it's, it's getting those things you, you have to uh, time management, honestly, mm -hmm. is, is the biggest thing, because like you said, especially at two months old, I mean, you, you got nothing. You know, I mean? <laughs> you don't, they, they are your focus. They are your entire world as well. They should be. But I think during, especially during that time, um, I, I don't think I did. I really don't. I don't think I did take care of myself. Um, I, I've always been one of those people that, you know, there's a list, you know, that list people say, you know, of, of, you know, who's at the top of my list of, of people to take care of and make sure they're okay. Yeah. I've never really been near the top of that list for me. Um, I've always been one of those people that I, 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 even when I was younger and partying and having a good time and all that stuff, if the people around me were having a good time, that's when I was having a good time. Um, and I've really had to retrain myself to a certain extent because I have to put myself first. Honestly, I've gotten, like, I started going to the chiropractor. Um, I've, I've got a med, I've got a medical, medical, uh, exam appointment that, that, um, I actually had to reschedule cause it was on the day that it was 107 degrees. So I didn't go, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I want to go, go to the dentist. I want to quit smoking. I, I smoke cigarettes. Um, I, you know, there are that to me is how I'm trying to take care of myself as far as mental health goes though this podcast does, does wonders. It really nice. does. Um, it get, it lets me get it out and it lets me, you know, talk about the things that honestly, I, um, I don't know how much background Dan has told you. I don't really have much in the way of family around me. Um, most of my family lives in Alaska. 
Um, I do have a little bit of family here in Washington. And that being said, I do want to say that, uh, those of you that have listened to the podcast know that my grandfather has been going through some things and he passed yesterday. Sorry, Sorry, dude. Um, but I have, I have a very limited amount of family here in Washington and that that's honestly, that's the hardest part. I don't have that support system around me. I don't have that support system of, you know, I can, I can call my mom, but my mom's in Alaska. It's you know, (laughs) um, I can call my dad, but my dad lives in Idaho. Um, Mm. I don't, I don't have that around me. Um, my stepmom still lives here in Washington and, um, she would be there for me if, if, if I needed her. Um, but it's been a lot of trial and error for me as far as mental health. Um, my my mental health is i'm not gonna lie it's not really high on my list of of things to take care of because and and a lot of that has to do with my my initial mentality every day i wake up i'm sure you've heard this every day i wake up and it's a good day because i woke up and that's that when i start my day like that there's not a whole lot that that gets to me throughout the day other than the fact that i drive through seattle in a box truck and i want to you know right people stupid um but <laughs> for those of you out there don't tailgate a big truck um, <laughs> but uh but no it's my mental health i'll be honest with you i mean i guess the the short answer to that would be i don't know i don't know because i haven't gotten a firm grasp on it myself that's fair and you know that's one of the struggles you know one of the reasons why we talked about this doing this podcast was that ties into exactly what this whole thing is is that struggle of being a man being a father and having to deal with your own mental you know your own mental health and i think as as being men with families wise married you have it installed in your brain that it really doesn't matter what happens to you as long as you take care of the things that need to be taken care of. And I think when you are on your own, it's an okay mentality to have because you're surviving. You're not, you know, you're not attached to anything. You have family, but you're in survival mode. You just take care of yourself. And I think when you get married or when you have kids, it intensifies because you need to make sure that everybody is taken care of over yourself. And one of one of my old time favorite football players who actually he passed away uh, years ago. Uh, I don't. Know, I guess you got familiar with Sean Taylor, played with the Redskins, the safety. Absolutely. So one of my yep. all time favorite football players, he had this quote, and he said, "You have to take care of your mentals before you can, or you have to take care of your mentals so you can take care of your peoples." And uh, you know, and it was like, you know, you're right because you have to take care of yourself first before you take care of anybody else. And it always made me think about. You know when they do that oxygen bag thing on the airplane? It's like, hey, when the thing comes down, you strap it over your nose. And everyone's like, well, I'm not going to – he's like, I would give it to my kid first. I'd give it to my wife first. The problem with that is you are the one who's supposed to put it on first because if you go unconscious, you can't help them. So you you have to put the mask on first. So therefore, you can help them before they go unconscious. If you go unconscious, you're not going to be able to put the mask on your kid. Your kid's not going to be able to do it himself. And, the, so, and that, that meme you put down really, really goes, ties into this. It's, you know, uh, if I remember correctly, it was, you know, uh, kids depend on men 
the women depend on men, um, but who who do the men depend on? Uh, that's why men need friends, and that's and that's a fact. Um, but Dan, I'm telling you, that's easier said than done because you could look at me until you're blue in the face and tell me, don't forget to take care of yourself. But, uh, and I'll be, and, and I'll look at you and I will honestly genuinely be like, you know, you're right. I should, and I'm going to do a better job of it. And then five minutes later, it's, it, that's gone. I right. take, you know, my focus as was ingrained in me from an early age. My focus is my family. I'm right. somewhere down, down, I'm somewhere down on the list. As I, as I said, you know, my, my daughter, my son, my wife, uh, soon to be wife, um, they're, they're, they're the ones I focus on. And honestly, my job is above me as well, because without my job, I can't take care of them. And, right. you know, and it, it's just, it's one of those things that, yeah, it's, it's great on paper and it's great to be able to say, and honestly, we want to agree with it, or, and we do agree with it, but we want to actually enact that. But once reality hits, for me, that's not my focus. My focus isn't me. My focus is my right. family. My focus is my kids. Right. And, and, you know, that's why, that's why, I mean, I, and I'm not ashamed to say it, Dan, I, I, I thank God that I've met you. Because you've really you you have really brought into the forefront that I do need to take care of myself. Like I said, I don't have much of, a, much of a support system around here. Right. You and your wife and and all of all of the friends that we we you know play with on Friday and and all that stuff. They're uh, you know they're they make me focus a little bit more on myself. Right. And like you said, you don't really have much of support around you, but that makes it that much more important where you have to take care of yourself. You know, and it may not be you put yourself number one on the list, but you better you got to find a way to put yourself at least top three on that list, because if you don't take care of yourself. Right. You said, so if you have your job listed above you, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to work. Then if you can't be able to work, then you can't take care of your family. Right. And we talked about this with your previous job, how I was basically chewing you out because they were putting you through stuff that nobody should go through in a work environment. But at the same time, I told you, I said, you are going to kill yourself working at that job. And if you don't take care of yourself, you are not going to be worth a damn to nobody. And mm -hmm. it's not easy to hear. But the truth is. If you don't take care of yourself, you ain't going to be worse shit to anybody else. And that's including your family because there's only going to be so much that they can do without you, you know, and, and I'm, you know, they're not going to abandon you. I mean, they, they love you, but they need you like they need you there. You know, they, they need, you know, like Chris, your wife needs you. Your, your daughter needs you, Brady, your family needs you. Right. And that's why, you know, it's hard to take care of yourself, but even if it's, like even if it's like five minutes out of a day where you just take a second for yourself and it's like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna watch some stupid videos on YouTube and laugh a little bit. Okay, you know I'm good. I'm, I can you know. Or if it's like mate, you go for a walk or you know like something like that. You know it's just five minutes. Like even just five minutes or three minutes, whatever, thirty seconds to just do something for yourself before you start doing everything for everybody else. Because then you when you take care of yourself, you'll be that much better for everybody else. And I know that's hard to do because you got kids. Everybody's got a life and stuff like that. But you just find a way to somewhere find that moment. And that's hard. I mean, I know that's hard. And um, the excuse. What's it that? Is. It's also an excuse. I mean, yeah. I got to take care of my family first. I got to take care of my kids. I got to take care of my wife. I don't need to worry about myself. That's an excuse. It but is. Do you think 
Do you think that's a that's a mentality because you don't have that support system that you around you initially? Because like you have it, obviously, it's just at a distance. It's not there. It's not there right away. I, I think I think that has something to do with it. Sure, I, I do. I mean, Chris, and, where, where, is your family around you? Is it, do you have family? Yeah. So it's interesting. Though, my, I do live very close to my, my family and I do have a great support group. Um, and I've been very blessed in that, um, my wife, so her, she's from England. So my, my wife's family is really far away. And I know that's taken its toll, um, just, you know, on her mental health is not having them nearby at all times. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, Dan is, you know, it's, I found it so important for me to find a small way to recharge my batteries um, in one way, shape or form, because I found if I don't recharge myself, then I am a lot worse of a father, a lot worse of a husband. Um, so, I mean, like, that's what you were saying, like, do what you love. But even when you have kids, like you can, you can still do it. I mean, I'm only yeah, two months in the yeah, game. Absolutely. I'm only two months in the game. But like, so for example, I love to run um, for some reason that brings me joy. Um, and also, you're a, you know, you're a weird, weird person. <laughs> <laughs> chasing me okay that's yeah <laughs> but like it's kind of actually brady what you brought up as well too like i started exercising more once my wife got pregnant because i was like i've done so much mm. damage to my body over the years mm. especially in college you know i've just destroyed myself i'm lucky i made it this far in life to where like i need to start taking care of myself like eating better you know exercising more i know like everyone different strokes different folks you know like you know if what do what makes gives you joy but i wanted to be there for my daughter i want to see her grow up so i was like I got to start taking care of myself and I don't have any major health issues, but I mean, you just never know what mm -hmm. could happen. So I started exercising more and I found like that was made me feel better about myself and actually helped, you know, my mental health. Mm -hmm. So, and my wife knows that. So in the morning, you know, she's, you know, feeding our child and I go for a run real quick, or I, we actually were, you know, lucky enough to where I invested in a cheap treadmill. So if my wife has to get to work, I can like, while my, daughter sleeps i've got the monitor right there and i just run on the treadmill until she wakes up you know mm -hmm. I, I just it's something that i just you, you have to make it work we still go out and you know we'll go to a, a restaurant we'll still see friends which is super stressful if you're a parent because again like right. i said you gotta make sure you got everything gotta make sure you have the the to-go bag the 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 stroller, the stroller the car seat, everything and it takes clothes. you forever to get ready but at the same right. time we enjoy seeing our friends we enjoy like going out and doing things like Dan. I know you and your wife like to go hiking. We're the same way. Like we like to do those things. So we just have to make it work. Even though if it's stressful right, getting right. everything ready, you just got to find a system that works for you and still do those things. So then it's like the, the other saying that like, you can't pour into people's cups if your cup is empty, right? You got to fill right. your cup before you can. Right. I always like yeah, right. You know, and I was I had I had a little bit of a moment this week. I caught what and Brady knows I was I was talking about like I can, I can feel my body kind of like shutting down a little more these days. And I went from I went from working out almost like every single day, like two hours in the gym, like my where wow. at my parents house. Like my dad was a big workout guy. So he kind of turned the basement into like a home gym. I would go for like two hours. I'd lift, I'd do cardio, I'd run. I was playing flag football. I was playing softball. I was coaching baseball. I was playing hockey. Like I was doing everything and I was in like the best shape of my life. Right. And I was still doing some of that stuff when I met, when I met my wife. And then over time, life kind of took over and I stopped working out, stopped playing all the sports. I stopped coaching 
and now I'm falling apart again. And I was telling Brady, you know, the other day, it was just like, you know, that the sports itself brought so much like peace of mind. I know it's frustrating as it is, but it brings such like a peace of mind because it's something that's yours. And, mm-hmm. it, and for me, it was always a way of just escaping everything. So like when I would go work out, I hate working out at gyms. Like even if I was constantly working out now, I hate going to gyms to work out because I don't really like being around a lot of people. I don't like fighting for, for the weight or equipment i don't like fighting for a dumbbell but and i don't i get real distracted so what i would do is when i'd go into the basement into our uh, our uh home gym i would turn one light on so it would be a little it would be bright but not not too bright so it was a little bit of a darker tone in the gym i put my headphones on i turn music and i would just escape and i would just put myself somewhere that i knew that you know that I could just tap out of everything and just push through. And that was something that I need to get back to and I need to start doing because there's going to come a time where one day, you know, we're going to have a kid. And if I don't take care of myself, I'm not going to be able to carry that kid around. I'm not going to go out and play ball. I'm not going to be able to show him how to do anything. And so if I don't take care of myself, and I say this now as like, I tweak my knee at work and my back is messed up and I won't even go take care of myself, but yeah, you know, and, Brady, that the thing that the meme that you were talking about or the the image that I posted the other day, uh, I have it here and it says men have a lot on their shoulders. Kids rely on men. Women rely on men. Who do men have to rely on themselves? This is why men need friends. Being an isolated pillar of strength can wear on the best of men. And this is why so many men kill themselves or attempt suicide. You have to look out for your brothers. So. Like I say, and I'm going to tell you every single day, you need to take care of yourself because nobody else can. Only you can. Again, like I said, I'm saying that now as I busted my knee and my back is messed up and I've had five concussions and I won't go to the doctor to go check it out. And my rotator cuff is probably torn off. And but and the mean, you know, it's easier for me to say because it's not me. You know, I'm yelling at you. I'm not yelling at me. But, you know, well, Dan, um, I hope you don't mind me saying, I mean, you and your wife want to have a child. Yes. Um, we've been, we've actually been trying for a while, um, for a couple of years and, uh, it was not successful. Um, we started going to Shady Grove. Um, we were, and it, what's, what makes it even more stressful is we did all the preliminary tests. We did the blood work. We did everything. Everything's fine. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with either one of us. And, and if there was, it's not like it's anybody's fault, right? Nothing was wrong. Still, so we couldn't figure out what, what was the issue, right? So we started our first treatment of IVF. Uh, this was, you know, what we're I think we're on five or four rounds or whatever. Um, we started the first one. The HEH numbers came back. You're supposed to be in the hundreds. It was eight. Um, then it, it tapered off. Um, we tried it again, and the numbers were a little bit higher. Not high enough. They climbed a little bit. They tapered off. Um, the last, the, the, the we did another one. Um, that one didn't even take at all. Um, and then we did one more. That was what we thought was going to be the one where the numbers looked good. They were high. And we went ahead and started telling people, you know, we were excited. We told my parents. And then shortly after, we found out that it was not the case. Um, so for us, like, um, for us, it's, you know, 
we try not to we try not to project on other people because it's not fair to anybody else who has a kid, you know, or somebody who is pregnant or somebody who is about to enter, you know, parenthood, fatherhood, motherhood. It's not fair to them, right? And we get excited for them still. But I think there's an other aspect of that that pe- most people don't think about is that not everybody can get pregnant right away. Sometimes you need help. Sometimes, you know, there might be something wrong. And, you know, just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Like sometimes it takes a long time for people, but it's easier to say when you're on the outside and not the one dealing with it. And a while back, my wife um, went on Facebook and actually kind of divulged all the information out there and kind of put it out there. And she asked me if I was okay with it. And I said, yeah, you know, it's, it's nothing to be ashamed about. It's the story of our life. Like this is, you know, it's just another chapter of our life. And one day when we do have, you know, we're lucky enough to be parents and we have a kid, we're going to tell this, we're going to tell this story about how this happened, you know, because it's truly going to be a miracle child that we've been trying for so long. And I'm, I still get excited every day about the potential of being a father like that. And it still terrifies me every single day that one day, like I'm going to be taking care of a tiny little alien child and it (laughs) terrifies me. Like, (laughs) but you know, the alien's going to come from your side then. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. Probably. But it's like, you know, it's, it's not easy. And, you know, like like my wife and I, we, we always try to preach like teamwork. We try to do everything together, but there's some things where she's going to like, we're going to take things hard, but she's going to take something a little, a little harder than I will, you know? And then there's things that I'm going to end up taking a little harder than she will. And it kind of goes back and forth. Like there's days where, She'll be, you know, she's upset and, you know, she'll be depressed. And, you know, it's hard to watch somebody that you love go through that because it's depressing in itself. And then you get depressed and then the whole spider web just unravels. Right. And that's why I also say it's important to make sure you take care of yourself, because if you take care of yourself and you hit moments like that, you mentally might be a little more prepared to deal with it than you would be if you're not taking care of yourself, right? If you don't take care of yourself and you hit moments like that, that's how you fall into the rabbit hole. That's how you struggle to get back out of it. And I think having support and the friends that we've had, you know, Brady, you've, you've known about some of the struggles that we've had and, you know, some other people too. And it's, it feels good when you have people on your side. Right. And that's why, you know, I just want to say there's all, there's always a flip side to everything. You know, you're going to see people who are excited, who are about to have a child who, um, successfully can have multiple kids. Some people don't ever, some people only have one. Um, some people, you know, who they don't, they go and adopt and, and bless those people because there's a lot of kids out there that, you know, need to be adopted. I was one of them. I was adopted at three months old. And, um, it, you know, I think people just forget that there's a flip side to that. And nobody really wants to talk about it because people always try to put blame on somebody else, but it's nobody's fault. Like it's not your fault at all. And I know, and I know that one day this is going to happen for us. And it's funny because I had a dream a long time ago that, um, and I told my wife this, I had a dream a few months back that while we were in the process of building this house, I was like, Hey, I was like, I had this dream and we were in the new house and th- this house and the house hasn't been built yet. Right. We, we, I don't know anything about the inside. It's just, it's just wood. And I was like, Hey, I had this dream that we were in the house and 
we had a kid and she was like well she's like i hope it doesn't take that long and i was like yeah but I'm, I was, I'm just saying i had this dream and then when we moved into the house and we started getting the house together i was like I've seen this somewhere before. Like I've seen this in my head. Like I've seen the bedroom. I've seen the walls. You know what I mean? It's like one of those kind of things. So then you get excited and it's like, you don't want to jump the gun because you don't want the false hope. You don't want the letdown, but it's like, you kind of, you know, the wheels start turning a little bit and you just, it's, it's hard sometimes to not get excited, but it's, it's man, I'll tell you, it's fucking mentally draining sometimes and i don't really talk about it too much with with my wife because it's really upsetting for both of us and we still talk i mean we don't you know it's not like we're shutting each other out it's sometimes there's just some stuff that you fat you fight with on the inside and it's sometimes there's days where it's only going to be you and the inner you and you guys have to, you know, you just got to battle it out, but you can't be afraid to not talk about it. You know, you, I open up to Brady about this stuff a lot. You know, we talk a lot more than people think and more, more so or not, you know, the conversations might be short during the week, but sometimes it's about, you know, not positive stuff going on in our lives. And then we get to do all this, you know, Friday, and then we get to wrap it all up here. And that, I tell you what, if we didn't, if we weren't doing this every week, I'd probably lose my fucking mind, to be honest with you. It'd be, it would happen a lot faster, I think, for me. Um, yeah. This is, this is, it's a great outlet. And this is, you know, this, this is kind of my, my support system. And this is kind of, kind of what, what we were talking about taking care of yourself. And this is definitely an aspect of it, this podcast. And, you know, I've reached out on, onto that, on that dad's group. Uh, there, there's one guy that posted something and, um, I'd have to pull up the post to, to really get the, the essence of it. But, you know, I actually personally reached out to him and, and, you know, he, you talked to him and I was like, you know, this is what we're doing every week and stuff like that. And he's, he's all for it. And he, he's all, you know, and, and the great thing about it is he's a complete stranger. I don't know him. I don't even know where he's from, to be right, honest with right. you. I didn't like Facebook stalk him or anything like that, but you know, he, he was like, you know, <clears throat> we're all busy with family and friends and stuff like that. If you ever, if you ever, you know, got something to say or something like that, reach out. And this is a complete and utter stranger. I couldn't even tell you his name. If I, if I divulge, divulge people's names in this podcast, I wouldn't even be able to tell it, tell it to you. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't remember, I just, I, I know that the message is there and, and it's a great thing. Um, and those people, for those people, sometimes it's easier for them to talk like that. Like, cause you have no connection to somebody. Sure. You're not staring somebody in the face. You don't have some doctor. Cause you know, like some people are, it's hard for them to go to see therapists to talk about this stuff. So you don't have somebody staring you at the face that you don't know, telling you how you should live your life. It's just you free writing, venting to, you know, yeah, it might be somebody random, but that sometimes that's easier for people to get off their chest. What do you, Chris, what do you feel about, um, like who, who do you think is the, is the most involved positive influence outside of, of outside of, of course, your, your, your wife, um, his that, mother, obviously that you have around you as, 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 as I'm definitely as, a mama's boy. So that, I mean, that's, that's right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So your mom, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would have to say. So of course my wife, but apart from my wife, um, I mean, I'm, I definitely am a mama's boy, always was. Um, so, I mean, I talked to her about everything and she's just a great listener. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do have a group of friends that I, I truly trust and I know that they, 
had the best interest in me that I, I feel like I can talk to. And because I mean, sometimes it's tough. It's tough to open up people that you truly trust. Because I mean, there are people out there that when you open up and you tell your personal life, they will either judge you or try to exploit you or manipulate what you've told them. So I mean, it's it can sometimes be a dangerous game. But yeah, I would say definitely like my wife, my mom, and like um, a select group of friends that I can be open with. I mean, Dan, we've even opened up by a few things. You know, I trust you, man. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think yeah, that support group is truly truly important i mean we kind of touched on already is you know if it's your spouse and you and sometimes you need someone you can talk to that honestly isn't your spouse as well obviously talk to your spouse you know you're a team and it's great because when my wife sees i'm about to break like mentally or emotionally like she steps in and starts taking care of our child you know it's great the tag team thing but not everyone has a spouse um and honestly like you should have someone outside as well because you know you need to just vent not about your spouse but just in general like you just need someone you can talk to and i think that's right, truly right. important but some people there's don't think, have there's that things group. that you can't tell there's things that you can't tell them sometimes it's not that you can't tell them it's you sometimes you just need to talk to somebody else like you need to talk to the guys about something sometimes you know like you're not going to talk about uh, stuff with your wife that you would talk about with the guys you know what i mean right. like sometimes you just need that 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 bond that uh, that other bond that conversation and it's not that's not that's not shitting on marriage or anything like that because there's stuff that we tell our wives that i sure as hell would never tell any of the guys you know what i mean you know it's then it, it's it's that's just that's the balance i mean that's just the balance of everything right but some people don't even have you know like what if you are a single parent or even like not even a parent just talk about the act of you know fatherhood what if right. you're just you know single and you know you just you need someone to talk to you like there's i just it's so important to find either like at least one person whether it's a relative a friend a place of worship i mean there's just there's groups out there just you have to reach out to someone to talk to i mean honestly even therapy there's nothing I know there's a stigma about therapy, but like, like you were saying, Dan, um, someone who is not invested in your life that literally like doesn't have any pre, you know, notions. notions not, yeah. Yeah. Or like nothing like they're not going to, like, it doesn't matter if they judge you, they don't know you, you know, it's right. like right. to that person, like, that's great. I mean, obviously therapy is expensive. Um, so it's not for everyone anyways, but like just someone you can talk to and literally just just i don't know, just open be an open book too and just really lay it out on the table and that someone that you can trust that if you do that it's not gonna come back in your face later you know so That's therapy it. might be therapy might be expensive but you know what not what's not expensive is this podcast and yeah, our facebook go. group and the community that we have and that and listen we're not professionals we're just two dudes that you know struggle to even tie our own shoes sometimes i mean like we're we're just two friends who talk with friends who talk about real life situations and we're blessed that we have so many people that actually tune in and listen because I never in a million years would think that there'd be like 50 people that would want to listen to me talk about stuff or Brady talk about, you know, for or us in general, you know? So yeah, therapy is expensive. We're, we're not medical experts, man, but we can tell you from real life experiences on both aspects and in, in the spectrums of being on the dark of the dark and then being on the light of the light and then being in the middle of that. So if you need somebody to come talk to, 
the Facebook page is there. All right. You can go into Facebook. You can just type in men in your life, unapologetically human. It'll pop up. You can message us at any time. You can post. I mean, even even if if you see somebody posting on some of the comments, like some of you guys like to comment on the on the pay, on the uh, some of the stuff that we post, you can reach out and comment there. Like it doesn't matter. And this and this isn't just entirely. Yes. The aspect is about like men's mental health. But there are a lot of single parents out there who aren't men. They're they're moms who are playing both roles. You can still talk to us like we can give you we can talk to you about, you know, having to fill that role of a dad and, and you know, the thing, you know, stuff like that, because, you know, what's that old saying that um, it takes what it takes a village to raise a, a raise a, a child or whatever, you know, and that's that's yep. really what this is, is we're we're building the village. And like we said before, is that we're only going to move as far as our community allows us to go and our community that we were building here is allowing us to, to move, you know, move forward and allowing us to branch out and do new things like have guests on or use new programs or, you know, stuff like that reach different outlets and different podcasting platforms. So if you're out there, this isn't just for like just our friends, this is for everybody. And if you're not comfortable talking about something or you don't want to post it on the page, you can send, Send a message on on the you know Facebook chat on the Facebook page. That's what this is here for. This isn't just for you guys to like listen and then be like, oh man, yeah, he was right. Oh man, you know, I was really a dick to my wife the other day. I should go apologize. I should go sweep. I should go vacuum. It's damn man, I got some shit going on. I should really talk to somebody about it. That's what this is about. This is like. This is what that's what this is. It's about building friendships and building a relationship and, and a bond and letting you guys know, that, hey, look, it's OK to not be OK. Like you, just because you're hurting, just because you had bad thoughts, just because you might have tempted, just because, you know, maybe you attempted and almost succeeded or, you know, you have all that you got all that going on. Maybe it's a daily basis. Maybe it's multiple times a day. Maybe you have anxiety breakdowns, whatever it does. It doesn't listen. It doesn't freaking matter. That's what this is here for. Come talk to us. We can talk to you. You know, we're not going to have all the answers, but at least we can be a soundboard. You can bounce stuff off of us all day long. Absolutely. And you know, that, that like, like you said, Dan, it's okay to not be okay. And that's, you know, that has become that that's kind of the, the motto of the of this podcast. You know, it's OK. And this is a and, and as I've said before, and, and it's a cliche thing to say, but this is a judgment free zone. We don't we don't it's not that we don't care what you're going through. It's that. We're there no matter what you're going through, we're to, we're there to help. That's it. If we can, if we can't, we we will personally do the research into who can. Who's there to help? Yeah, exactly. And uh, like I said, you know, we say it every day or we say it every time we do this podcast. It's OK to be OK. You know, you reach out, get help. There's stuff out there. Uh, you know, there's suicide hotline. There's pages. There's there's communities. There's multiple things on Facebook. And, you know, Facebook might have some negative connotations to it. It's also very useful if you use it the right way. Um, but you know, we're, we're coming up on that time. Uh, we could probably talk about this for hours, hours. So I just want to say to you guys, Brady, you know, thanks for doing this with me, Chris. Thanks for being our first guest, man. Dude, thank you for, thank you guys for having me. It's been awesome. Just, I mean, honestly, Brady talking to you and hearing your like veteran parent, you know, 
you know, all of your advice and just your knowledge, your wisdom and that it's been awesome. And honestly, it's just great to talk to another parent who is also, you know, seen the struggles of parenting because I mean, it is like, you're going to feel like you're failing certain days. You're going to feel like you've hit the limits that you've had before. You're going to surpass your, your mental limits. Like you thought your stress levels are a certain place. No, you're going to pass that bar for sure with your parent. It's just great to talk to other parents. What do you think the, the best piece of advice as far as, as far as, you know, two, two and a half months old that, that, you know, you are all those uh, incoming parents. What do you think would be the best advice for new parents expecting, expecting fathers, expecting parents? What do you, what, what piece of advice could you give them? I would have to say, give yourself some grace. Um, And like within that is again, everyone wants, well, you know, if you care about your child, you want to be like the best parent you can be. Like we talked about that. Um, And honestly, you know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to feel like an utter failure. Sometimes you're going to hit the point where you just mentally shut down. You're be in tears. You're be exhausted. You're stressed, lack of sleep. You're not going to have all the answers, even though you want to Um, give yourself some grace. You know, you're also a human, you know, we want to be like the perfect parent, the perfect father, but it's not always that cut and dry. It's not always that easy. Like you, you, you're not going to know what to do at some points. That's why we talk about the support groups or someone to talk to, but just give yourself some grace. It's okay that you made a mistake. Just fix yourself up again, pick yourself up back up and then be there for your family, your child, and then just get, you know, right back at it because it's, it's going to happen. So mm-hmm. don't beat yourself up. And honestly, yeah, don't judge yourself too hard and don't judge other parents like we talked about. Like, don't let yeah. someone tell you how to raise your child. Listen, if your child is happy, you know, sur- healthy, surviving, you're doing good. I mean, let's just be nice people. Let's just be yeah. nice humans. Maybe if we're still going uh, a year from now, which maybe we are, maybe we're not, who knows. But even if we're not, maybe we need to come back and do it anyway. A year from now, when your daughter hits a year, we need oh, to come man. back and we need to see if your if your mentals has changed in that year and how you look at it bef- as now and then when you look at it when she hits, you know, and, one. And how much gray hair you've developed. Yeah, yeah I know. I've already got some gray hairs coming in already. If I'm bald <laughs> by that point, I'll just be clean bald. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I, I appreciate it. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, Brady, I appreciate you doing this with every week. I know it's not easy because you guys have kids. I'm not going to do anything but go take a nap after this. Yes. But um, just want to, just want to, you know, again, just thank you to everybody who's listening. Um, again, you can find this on Anchor. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Pocket Cast. I don't know. There's a whole bunch out there. You can find Embracing on anywhere that you're looking for for podcasts. You can you can look for this here. It's Men in Your Life, Unapologetically Human. We have the Facebook page. Um, this is probably going to be something we're going to start doing often if this works out well as having guests. Chris, we'd love to have you come back. Honestly, anytime that you want to. Um, we really appreciate everything. Um, Brady, you got anything? That's it. I mean, really, uh, Chris, thank you so much for, for joining, for joining us. Um, it's great to hear, you know, just as you said, it's great to hear from another father. Um, and, um, Dan, I, I appreciate this every week. Um, and as you've said, you know, you and I talk a lot throughout the week. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, just, just like the meme says, you know, you're, you're a friend and you, you're, you, you've been an amazing friend thus far. And I, uh, 
I appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you you've helped me through. And I appreciate you allowing me to join you on this journey. Yeah, I appreciate you, dude. I appreciate both of you. You guys are great people. Um, Chris, you got anything for you before we get out of here? No, nah, I think y'all wrapped it up perfectly. Thank you, guys. Yeah, well, I'm uh, Dan. That's Chris. Brady. This is uh, Men in Your Life, Unapologetically Human. And remember, it is okay to not be okay. <laughs>